Welcome to episode 48 of Scare Zone Halloween Horror Nights podcast. Sorry I took a long nap. Been gone for uh, a little while here. Uh, Chris Ripley, though, from the UK is joining us after just a couple months off. Hey, guys, it was a little bit of the dark times, but Chris, welcome back. Hello, how are you doing? I am good, man. And, uh, you know, last time we spoke uh, on the record, obviously we've been speaking a lot offline or online, but not uh, on the show. Uh, I don't even think we did a full... You know, you're, got your thoughts of uh, of this year's Halloween Horror Nights. No, we've just been sort of crazy busy. Yeah, it's been a crazy couple months here, but uh, we're back on it. The rumor mill for next year will start up. It's already started up a little bit, but I did want to get some... Uh, I feel like I, I kind of exhausted a lot of my thoughts on, on this year, but what did you think about this year's Halloween Horror Nights? I loved it. Yes. I thought it was another good year. I think it's very uh, comparable to 26 and 25 with the, the overall theming that's a, a theme but not a theme. And I think the, the houses that we had were all of that similar to the last year in 25 again, where they're all very, very good. And none of them are actually poor, as you know. Right. It's been a long time now since we've had a house that would probably be categorized as poor. So uh, I think it's another good year. I mean, some say it was, records were broken. I mean, I know uh, footfall records were broken. Right. Financially, maybe there were some records broken. So yeah, it was also so, an extra weekend there. So we got that that yeah. going for us. That's true. That's true. You know, an extra an extra weekend, uh, official extra weekend. Yeah, I mean one that was one that was advertised. Trust me, that last year there was like nobody there. So it was uh, <laughs> this was a this was a full on real final weekend, and with the Bill and Ted ending, it was. From what I hear, I was not there. Very, uh, very well attended. Yeah. So, you know, I thought it was generally a very good year. And it's kind of sort of a, a twist of sadness at the end that obviously Bill and Ted is is no more. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's something we talked about a lot. And, and coming into next year, I think we'll see how that affects everything and how that, uh, that kind of changes it. I think somewhat um, – you know, obviously, we're very plugged in on what's going on in the community you run, your website. I'm always kind of checking what's happening. It has been a quieter postseason, I'd say, than maybe I that in the last couple of years. I feel like the last few years, it kind of dipped into um, – or quickly ramped up into, now what about next year? And some of that was teases left by the clue. Some of that was the personal touches that seemed to be a little bit gone from um, – the official people over at uh, Halloween Horror Nights when it comes to voices. Uh, so I don't know if maybe it's just the way the community is run. It seems like it's a um, a quieter postseason. I think uh, the main thing I'm – well, this is it. The, I think the main thing that I'm hearing is, A, as you said, just said there, is Christmas. Is They've been obviously putting a lot more into these marquee events. Obviously, Christmas was a huge time for Universal with the new Harry Potter show, etc. But what I'm hearing is backstage right now is – they are working night and day to build a response to Disney with their mission statement of building a Star Wars hotel, a Star Wars land, a right. Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Blah, 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 blah. So I think at the moment, there's a hell of a lot of concentration on what they're going to be announcing in the next 12 months, what plans they've got for the future. They've got this extra land that they've bought. So I think at the moment, although there's not a lot being announced, Behind the scenes, they're absolutely working their socks off with the amount of new stuff that they're going to be producing coming soon. Yeah. Well, to go back to this past year, uh, you know, everyone spent a little bit of time thinking about it, had some time. Now, for you, what were your uh, what were your top hits, I guess, for this year? 
What's your favorite um, house? No, it's been a couple months now, so it's kind of already entered the blur a little bit. But what uh, it is starting to enter the blur, the, the Halloween Horror Nights blur. I think um, memories that, that stick out that are uh, that, that meant the most to me. I think um, the trick or treat scare zone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't remember for a long time now a scare zone where there was a, so much anticipation for it as, as a zone because you know there's it's usually the concentration is on the houses yeah um and how much uh universal praise you know no pun intended that has been from everybody um whether you're a fan or not of that particular scare zone yeah i think everyone seems to really gravitate towards that just because it was a it was a cool experience and a beautiful experience i think visually there was no um there's no way you could walk through that whether you know the movie or not and not just love it and love the way it looked and loved the because at the end of the day if you didn't know the movie okay it's cool it's it's traditional haunted or traditional trick or treating uh, characters you know turned whether it's a Cinderella type character or some of these things we've used and then there are obviously a few of the scenes from the film and Sam um, but yeah I think that's uh, that's pretty high up there for me too obviously looking back on it it's interesting because now I'm a couple months removed. Um, you know, I was huge. Definitely said Dead Waters was my favorite. I still think it's my favorite. Uh, nothing's really changed, but the the Fallen sticks more out in my head now for some reason as one that I can uh, I can recall a little clearer. <laughs> and and yeah. it kind of comes back. I don't know why. Maybe just the special effects in that house. Uh, it was one that maybe in its initial run I liked it, but I wasn't like you know just in love with it. Uh, now looking back on it, the Fallen it has kind of um, it's been one that's resonated with me over time. Yeah. So I yeah. that's just my thought. So, I, I think for me, it's Dead Waters and The Shining. They seem to be oh, the yeah. two that have stuck with me the most, the two that I remember the most, the two that I probably had the most amount of fun in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Shining House was unbelievable. I just, I loved it. And I've, uh, weirdly, I've, I've been, coll- I'm obviously a big time collector. And one thing that I just got was uh, the, the bartender in the movie. Uh, did his final signing or one of his final signings and he did the final signings of Jack Daniels bottles. So I got him to sign a Jack Daniels bottle. Then I sent it to my buddy uh, who is actually a listener to another podcast that I'm associated with. I'm not on called the podcast with Will mm-hmm. and some of my buddies. Uh, it's a whiskey podcast and uh, he makes lamps out of bottles. So he's making me this shining uh, weird lamp out of this Jack Daniels bottle signed by the um, – Signed by the bartender, and then the base of it is like a wooden base that has the pattern to the gold room etched in, and then a lock and key. Oh with the, wow! To with the with the room number and with the uh, overlook, you know, key. He, he went crazy. Uh, I just said, wow. let's do something cool. So I've kind of refallen in love with The Shining uh, even since then because something that I, I think I talked about, I'd watch during like film school when everyone I feel like watched The Shining in my, uh, yeah. and then like you know in those kind of formative years, and I, I honestly had been many years, been probably close to you know, fifteen years or so, uh, and then I watched it on the way down to Horror Nights and you know, kind of reengaged my love for it and how much that that movie good and and how much that movie meant to to me as a as someone who makes movies and spends time analyzing them, and uh, it's one that sticks with you, especially if you're an adult once you see it. When you see it as a kid, it's kind of one of those ones that's just another weird horror movie. When you see it as an adult, though, it sticks with you, and it definitely affected my Horror Nights experience this year. Now, as we head into uh, the season, not the season, we're still quite a while away, and I think what you brought up is interesting is um, previous years, and you could say this year happened with Volcano Bay, uh, Horror Nights... Mm. 
was not as prevalent early on. We got a lot of our announcements there at the end. So some people were asking, you know, why did you guys take a couple months off? One, we had a lot of personal stuff going on. Honestly, I had some like family stuff that happened, uh, you know, with grandparents and things like that. That you know, stuff everyone goes through, but it's never fun. So it's a lot of delays here. Uh, but also because there just hasn't been a whole lot to talk about. But now, Chris, I am seeing sort of the rumor mill start to start to happen. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I think it's all a, you know, very speculative. <laughs> it is. It is very, very speculative. I mean, I'm getting a lot of rumors that coming in via the site at the moment. I haven't published just yet, but a lot of it is circling around the Terminator building. And then after that, the Shrek building, um, both of which, you know, won't have too much of a bearing on Halloween Horror Nights. But maybe the Shrek building will because they use that as a house now. Um you know, I've said on this podcast before, maybe it's a matter of time before it becomes a dual park again. Yeah, just um, due, to, due to space, where are you going to put stuff? That's right. I think it's that's particularly the popularity. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So for both that, for popularity of it and, you know, we, we've we obviously heard a lot about – so wait, is Shrek going away? Is that something that I missed in uh, my few it's months? A, it's, yeah, it's a rumor. The, the rumor goes that um, there is a another similar franchise that would fit that area better. Um, and in return for that, Shrek would possibly be upscaled into a th- probable third gate. Again, this is just rumors. Gotcha. Um, because there is more story to be told there than just that 3D film. Yeah. No, I, I get that. I just honestly, I've been so unplugged from whatever's happening in this community that I didn't even hear that. So that's interesting. But you are right. You know, we've talked about Nintendo World, where that's going to be, how it's going to lay out, whether that's why Bill and Ted closed. I've heard a lot of different reasons. Um, some that I can say on, on this show and some that I couldn't uh, just due to people that I wouldn't want to you know betray friendships or whatever that kind of gave us a little bit of insight. Um but in general, looking at it, the reasons that, that a lot of people point to is, well, maybe that's because of Nintendo and where that goes. And you're right. Does that either take us back to islands or whether or does that uh, open up? Now, the dual park, the year I remember it, not my favorite. Not my no. favorite. Uh, I remember no. a, a lot of sweating. Uh, mm. <laughs> you know, I don't remember being like, this worked great. I remember it just kind of feeling odd. Yeah, some people uh, seem to reminisce strongly about that, that it was a, a good situation for them. But I, it's a lot of walking, a lot of sweating, a lot of dead space. Yeah, a lot of like you're just backstage for a long time. And Yeah. Yeah, I don't – man, I don't mean – I mean, obviously, the, the, the true distance, if, if you guys have spent time you, you have backstage and you've looked around, uh, the true distance between like Seuss Landing and Rip Ryan Rocket is nothing. It yeah, is, nothing. you know, it's mm. a couple, it's maybe like a hundred yards. It's, it's not a lot. Uh, so that's not like that's a huge gap, but I just remember the way it being set up and just, it's sort of like I felt always when it was at islands, it just had a different vibe, but yeah, but you have, I think what was interesting, maybe Chris, you can talk about this too, is it feels like this year with the scare zones. Yeah. Stuff like invasion happened, purge, um, it seems like the, other than maybe a couple here and there festival, the deadliest, maybe you could say, um, a lot of them were not necessarily scary scare zones and were more to suck up guests, <laughs> you know? Well, that, that's correct. Uh, I think since around sort of 2009, they've been playing to the social media crowd with some of the scare zones with the meet and greets. I mean, years ago, scare actors were actively uh, discouraged from having photos taken yeah, with, them, with guests. Yeah, if you got a camera out, you were not a, a, fr- yeah. a friend. <laughs> No, exactly. And and today, you know, they 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 
you, you know, you will get, I mean, they had that horrible drinking game that came about because of the Orlando Sentinel, um, where people demanding selfies with particular characters, you know, and that's, that's yeah. not right either. And they don't have to pause uh, to do photos uh, if they've got a particular role that they are undertaking. But at the end of the day, those photos, they all wind up on social media and it all becomes a giant marketing tool for Universal. So they have, as you say, with these scare zones, they're not particularly scary, some of them, but they are there in other, they are doing other things other than scaring you. Yeah, they've uh, embraced that, and and it's something that it, it will be missed. I think everyone will look back on that and go, "Oh yeah, remember, remember before we all had phones or cameras on our phone and could actually just walk through and enjoy." It. But this year it didn't seem as bad, but almost because it seemed like again it was intentional. It was you had the aliens and invasion where there was clearly ones to stop and get your picture with, and yeah, it's like they it, the way they embraced it this time wasn't just a scare zone where people could and ask could ask and get a picture it was more like oh we're going to build in these meet and greets uh yeah. that are going to happen and i kind of, i dug that i like that uh i think it's a way to handle the maybe issue with the storytelling aspect of it without having to um completely abandon the concept now you brought up the drinking thing that's something that has that has been the, the only bit of sort of news and rumor i'd say that you see fairly regularly is you know we we saw it pretty scaled down this time you know we saw Drinking in general scaled down a lot, yeah. pretty much. Unless you wanted uh, to wait in line for in like one or two spots, you're either getting a beer or you're getting uh, one of their incredibly sugary, watered down, you know, blinky cup drinks. Uh, is that something you see progressing further? Have you heard anything else? Yeah, it will do. It will continue along that vein because I mean, if you was to take Orlando back in the day, it was more of an adult centric event. Yeah. Uh, an over 21 event, if you like. Whereas now there's a lot more of these teens and tweens and millennials, the younger generations coming through. And Halloween Horror Nights is almost trying to make horror more acceptable for the whole family. I wouldn't say young kiddies. I get that, though. But, yeah, totally. But, but I think that there's a lot of people under 21 that still go to Halloween Horror Nights, obviously, that aren't allowed to drink. And although most of the people I know drink very responsibly. There's always that one idiot. Oh yeah. And unfortunately it is that idiot that spoils it for everybody. And, and in much the same way that I perhaps now, uh, I mean, I, I, I think that some years there's where there was before social media, there was perhaps a drinking problem. I mean, years gone by. Not yeah, recently. no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, there was definitely, I remember years ago, I, I always felt there was definitely more cops around. Yeah. It doesn't seem to be that. Yeah, it, was, it got a lot more raucous. I mean, we talk about that year uh, or one of the years in Islands. I remember there was even just like a we set up a, a dance party area with the devil. And it was I just remember walking through and being like, this is kind of crazy. Uh, you know, this is kind of just a area to drink and to dance. Uh, you know, I like the idea of it being a giant Halloween party. I've always enjoyed that concept. I don't want to lose that. And that was one of my my big gripes with uh, getting rid of Bill and Ted was not as much as getting rid of Bill and Ted as I just hope that something comparable replaces it to have uh, have that break and have something funny and have something yeah. that, that continues. Like you always say, you know, it was like the world's largest um, Halloween party instead yeah. of this sort of, you know, not as scary, just haunted experience. And uh, I don't know, though. I think you're right. I think that this year clearly tamed it down and – 
Did Hollywood now? What is Hollywood's situation like with drinking? It's it's been teetotal, I think. Yeah, from the totally. Beginning. Like it's it's yeah. you can't get a beer if you wanted there. Yeah. So they, from the very early on, they had a lot of problems there, like really really early doors. Um, I think that originally there were some gang issues as well, and I think the the decision was taken when it came back after the problems. Right. That's it. No alcohol whatsoever, and lots of security. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting, and in. I'm curious if we get to that point, and I, I don't. I don't know if it will. I don't know if we get to the point of nothing. It just seems like there's too much money on the table, and there's people who. Um, well, maybe it's mainly just that. It seems like there's a lot of money on the table. <laughs> I think it will still exist. I just think that they will perhaps pare down the marketing of the specialist beverages, and they will increase the amount of age checks and hoops you have to jump through in order to get a, an alcoholic beverage. Yeah, that's interesting, and we'll obviously we'll see. In, uh, in by the end of the year and see where things have gone, but it, it's unfortunate and fortunate the same way. You know, I, I liked. I think it was an overall better experience this year because of it. I think there was yeah. far seemed to be far less fights and far less issues. I mean, you're right. It, it isn't like um, when we're when you're there, you don't see someone who is going to try to ruin it for everybody. It's like every time you do, you every time there's that one person at least in your area. <laughs> Yeah. The problem is, is there'll be that one guy gets drunk, has a fight that gets on social media. Right. It then makes the event look like it's a free for all and it's not. And as you know, and as I know, we've been going for so many years now in the past, it's been worse. Oh, but yeah. There's always that horrible headline that could possibly come up. And I think everybody is so worried about the powers of social media now that they wouldn't actively encourage it, but they probably wouldn't stop it. Yeah. I mean, that is a, uh, it's it's interesting time, you know. It's interesting time, I think, in general. Like I said, with social media, with that, yeah. In, in the early days when I would go to horror nights, which was not necessarily the early days of horror nights, but you know, early two thousands, um, yeah, it was it was a much different experience. It was, you know, I was a teenager and felt out of place, maybe being there, <laughs> uh, yeah. because it was this. It was a very a, a much more adult vibe, I guess would be um, would be the way to put it. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm not opposed to it. I don't look at that and go, yeah, if it goes completely dry, I think it doesn't necessarily affect my time. I but it does uh discourage maybe a certain group, even like the people who just I just would like to have a drink and walk around, you know, like not yeah. people that go crazy. So I, I hope it doesn't get to that point, but you know, if it does, it's not gonna stop me from going. Now uh, I don't know what would actually get to the point where I would stop going. Uh, it would have to be a pretty successive uh, or you know you know, it would have to be a lot of bad <laughs> to get me to well, the point it, of where it, I would no longer attend. But you know, if, I, uh, yeah. if Disney keeps buying all the IPs, then eventually, maybe we may have, have yeah. a reason not to go. <laughs> yeah, eventually when they control it. Because look, that's I've said it before. That is an event, the Mickey's Halloween thing, is, is something that doesn't appeal to me. It's something that I went to once, really didn't enjoy my time, uh, and don't plan on attending again. Maybe until my kids are significantly older because it just – there was it was a mess, and it was not unlike some of the situations that uh, it'd be like a little kid. It's like a little kid version of uh, of dealing with the stress of sometimes of what Howard Nights intends. Though this year, I have to say, like I had no problems, no issues with the security checks. No, like everything flew by. Um, uh, lines even seemed there were crazy nights, but it seemed like the lines even were were a little bit tamer. Uh, you know, when we were there on a pretty hot night, you know, I didn't see. Uh, we were there, I think October twentieth was like a Friday night. And I didn't see lines really hit more than an hour. 
You know, it was, yeah. and, and I meant it's not that wasn't a obviously indication of the event success. I think that was a we're starting to see them figure it out a little bit more. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. There's definitely more logistical planning that's occurred because I think in some years past, where the resort has expanded and that they've had to drop things at last minute and rush onto other things, there's been a lot of pre-planning that's had to change very rapidly. And that's understandable. Yeah. And I think that this year was more of a, a solid year building on the last two that they could walk it out the gate um, based on a lot of stuff that they've done previously that helped them logistically get you know manage the number of people that are, are coming to the event. Yeah, I think they did a great job. Now, heading towards this year, I, I've said there, there are certain uh, – Bart Scott was with me from, from uh, BLT and uh, his show Ears of Steel, and he went with me down to, to – media night and he was reading um he was in town in nashville this past weekend and he was reading he's like somebody posted you know they feel like they have the list already and they read it and it was like such the dream list that it was <laughs> almost impossible yeah. to believe so would it you is. say right now that whatever you're hearing right now take it with a very much a grain of salt people have sent me those lists and they're most well i i, I they would look like nonsense to me they look like fanboy right. made up rubbish yeah, and I think like I mean, if we're coming from the fact that we like talking sometimes about rumors and things, but when you're throwing out some names that are on there, it's like if you're able to get Stranger Things, it you know all of these lists, yeah, like, yeah, you're able to get yeah. all of them, you know, then yeah. then awesome. But almost like please spread this out. <laughs> you know, why are we doing this in one year? Yeah, there's, uh, there's always a difference between speculation, wishful thinking, and then rumors. Right, of course, and uh, uh, it, yeah. people seem to think all of it is one giant rumor, so it must be true. Yeah. So basically, there's there's the the fun speculation, and then there's for there's a rumor that's a genuine rumor, which is usually means you guys have some form of source, and uh, and you figured yeah. something out, or or just it's gotten out there. I think they said you know this year they even had a, a house that the was it Hive that the uh, code name was actually just the name. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I mean, yeah, you know, maybe we're living in a different time with that, but. Well, that's that's the first time I've seen that happen yeah. since Harry Potter, because that literally was what it used to be in the old days. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. I, uh, I man, I, I look forward to this year. You know, we were going to have on um, Mike and the team to talk about the Christmas stuff and just my schedule. I some unfortunate stuff happened and schedule didn't get to align for Christmas. But I think you are. You know, we're seeing the Fast and the Furious, and we're seeing uh, new hotels and all that. I do think we're probably a ways away. Uh, this season, you know, last year we had a pretty early one. Like we got one, an announcement in what, like March or April. It was pretty early. Yeah. Like, I think pretty we, early. And then it was like, and nothing yeah. for nothing. months. And just the way I feel, I have no indication, no sources. Uh, I feel like that's how it's going to be. I feel like we may get something just to get some international bookings and get some people to start buying tickets. But yeah, but we're not going to get this. Like it was the first year we did the show where it felt like every two weeks we had something awesome and brand new to talk about. I think the thing that they had last year, which delayed a lot of the announcements, was there was a still a hell of a lot of work to cover therein with a lot of the IP holders. I would imagine this year that they would probably um, err on the side of caution and perhaps approach IP holders they've worked with previously or yeah. people they've got existing relationships with rather than trying to reach new heights with new IPs that they don't necessarily know. I mean, so what was that know, last like, year? Like what were people, I know that there's a lot of rumors, and a lot of talk, but from what you guys have able to kind of piece together, what was, 
were all the houses the houses was hive something else was you know what 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 actually well, the, the, went the biggest the, well the biggest one that that is talked about massively is bloomhouse that yeah. that was i think the last one to be announced um that had uh you know three different properties um in the house supposedly it was meant to have different ones to the ones that were depicted right. and ones were swapped out and changed at the last minute etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, likewise with Hollywood, they had a different setup for the same right. house over there. But, you know, it, it would be uh, – the problem is, is at the moment they appear to be um, working on uh, fast-tracking an attraction in the Terminator queue, uh, Terminator building. Right. And from what I'm hearing is that they, although it's not uh, an IP that's external to Universal, it's one of their own properties – they appear to be doing more due diligence, dotting the I's and crossing the T's with what they can and can't do with this property. So it does seem to me, and like all large organizations now, is everything is run by A, the bean counters, and B, the, the lawyers. Right. The and look, I'm okay, I think, saying this, but that's what I've really heard from the people who may or may not know, and I won't say any names, um, about Bill and Ted was just – there was a point where the lawyers and the people clearing stuff were just – and having to deal with some of the headaches that came with it, they were just kind of done. You know, it yeah. may not have been this – yes, the theater may be going. Who knows? But like I've said, there was like eight other places they could have put the show. Uh, you know, That's not the you – know, they can move it around. Um, I think it generally part of it was the, the stress of having to either clear it or clear an IP or to do something, yeah. even if it's a parody, just honestly to give them a heads up and to deal with the headache of, you know, why you gotta, why, why, why are we rocking the boat for, for no reason when you're coming to these parodies? Um, I think that's part of it. I think that's a big part of that. It says uh, a, the, you know, Comcast Universal NBC group was just kind of doesn't see that as a necessity. And it's certainly not. I mean, that's, that's, I think what there, there's been that sort of small uprising of Bill and Ted fans. And I'm obviously a huge supporter of Bill and Ted. And, uh, but I was fine with the finale. I think they did a, a beautiful job in ending it that, uh, it, it isn't necessarily going to move the numbers for, if you're thinking just from a logical point of view and a business point of view. Uh, so is it worth taking the risk? Kind of like you said, now they're having to clear all these IPs, even their own, and make sure everything is a lot more uh, structured. Well, the, the the I don't know if you'd call it a rumor or basically what I've heard is that in response to the number of sheer number of people that have been campaigning for Bill and Ted to return, you know, there's been Facebook groups right. and campaigns, and yeah, yeah. you know, there's been a I've lot been of thrown in a lot of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you've been sharing them, so have I. You know, and. Yeah. Um, Universal, from what I've been told, have, have actively been looking for a replacement that's in the same vein as Bill and Ted. Oh. Um, something that's a bit baldy, um, does parody, and uh, but with a small P, if you like, yeah. um, that, that can fit the, the Horror Nights um, framework. And the, the property that I, I keep hearing at the moment that they're actively looking into is whether they could bring something along the lines of Saturday Night Live. Yeah, one Which of their own an properties. NBC, an NBC it's, property. it's an NBC property. You know, the, the only downside is, is going back to the P word, it, it does rely quite heavily on parody. Right. And maybe there's that, just, it, maybe under that umbrella, it's a lot easier to, 
it's almost an honor to be part of Saturday Night Live. You know, it, it maybe I wonder if that's an easier sell for them to, to say it's Bill and Ted. You mean from the nineties? Yeah, Bill or the eighties? Yeah, that's Bill and Ted. You know, why are they do? Why? What is? You know, having to explain all those steps when you say SNL, everyone knows, everyone, everyone understands knows. it. So maybe that's the logic there, which which I kind of I dig it. Kind of depending on how you tell that story, the way that how. I mean, you've already seen some of the SNL characters. Obviously, you have Jimmy Fallon already uh, in the parks. You have uh, some of the parodies showing up this year with with Sarah, who, who uh, or uh, not Sarah, it could be with uh, with uh, who else? Sean Spicer opening up uh, the show this year, uh, and you see those things. So those SNL bits happen, or last year's even when you had uh, essentially the Matt Kylo Ren character uh, permeate. Uh, through really, they're using SNL scripts already. So why not? If they can use the brand, slap it on there. I dig that. I like that. I prefer Bill and Ted, but I like that idea. Well, the thing is, I've heard that people have said, "Well, what's what's Halloween got to do with Saturday Night Live?" Well, excuse me, what, what does Bill, Bill and Ted, Ted got yeah. to do with Halloween? You know, if anyone's seen the original Bill and Ted movies, there's nothing to do with it's Halloween. It's a nice, uh, it's a nice, uh, you know, summer jaunt or school school year jaunt. I, I, we associate it with Halloween just because that's how it's been. I mean, the second one you could say arguably because of the whole like sort of weird you know story that happens, but really that first movie, the one everyone knows, uh, that was a hit, is it? Just a fun time travel, you know, it'd be like putting Back to the Future again in there and saying, well, what does this have to do with it? It's got nothing to do with it. Julie Zimmerman told me that the only reason they used Bill and Ted was the only property that they could get access to that they could put together that would give an excuse to have different characters turning up in that stage show. Right. And it was irrelevant irrelevant characters at the time. And even then – were already starting to fade out. Uh, You know, they weren't exactly the hottest property. So I'm sure it wasn't as – expensive is getting some of these other other brands i don't know what i know the licensee showed up to one of the events uh the guy who owns the rights to all of uh or the licensor the guy that owns all the rights to to bill and ted so clearly he's not upset with it (laughs) you know it didn't end because bill and ted they said no to continuing it. i know that was a rumor for a little bit like well what if there's a bill and ted three you know maybe that's the reason it's like i really highly doubt that no anything that keeps their brand alive right they were positive so I I dig the SNL though concept. I think that's something that uh, it may not grab the cult following of the Bill and Ted, where you know we're going, but it probably will attract a different group of people as well. I think there was a gr- big group, and look, there was groups people in our media event that wouldn't go to Bill and Ted, who refused to go, who thought either it wasn't funny, who thought it was offensive. Uh, I, whether I I don't agree with those people. I thought the show was hilarious, and, I've, and it's they say you're up front what you're going to see, and so if you're seeing half-naked people and you're mad about it, I'm sorry, that's literally in the disclaimer. Uh, but even one person that was on the tour with us who did, we're like, fine, I'll see it. She's like, I've never been so offended in my life. And it's like, okay, you know. Was she serious? She was not maybe not offended. I was so offended by it. Uh, you know, And there's a group, I think, that – look, Bill and Ted, whatever you want to say, that show – I love it. I love that you guys know how much I love it. But it very much was of its time. It almost never got into the twenty you know 10s. It was very much a late or, or it was nineties to it kind of I'd say when I started going in two thousand one. It hasn't necessarily changed. It hasn't necessarily cleaned its act up uh, where a lot of the world has. Uh, you know that's they were doing stuff that was pushing the envelope even this year, and I love that about it. But if you put it under the um, Titled Saturday Night Live, 
I think we have uh, we've we've rewritten how that can be seen, and I dig that idea. I don't know where you do it. Uh, if that theater is actually going away, I guess you could do it in the animal actor stage. Or you could do it somewhere else. But um, well, supposedly that's going away with Nintendo. Okay, so it, so they may both be gone. It most who knows. I just want something, and I like that idea. If that idea doesn't happen now, Chris, I'm going to blame you and be upset because I like <laughs> that idea. I think that's a fun idea that will make my life, you know, a little bit more fun going into next year because I think there is for the Bill and Ted community um, a bit of a cloud. Hanging over. I'm not necessarily part of the movements, the Save Bill and Ted movements and all that. As much as I enjoy the show, I accepted the finality of it and I liked it. And I kind of thought, hey, well, maybe we'll get it back at 30 and like we'll do it like Jack. You know, that'd be fun. You'll know, bring it back for special occasions. I'm kind of cool with that. I dig that idea. Um, but I like your idea better. <laughs> well, after all, SNL, who's their most popular Halloween character? Right. David Pumpkins. <laughs> so. I mean, I've a character in SNL that's crossed the zeitgeist as much as him. Yeah, you know, no, we don't even total sense. In the UK. Yeah, but we know David S. Pumpkins is <laughs> right, and that's I think a, a funny thing. I mean, I got the animated special, not my favorite, but uh, the character could be fun. The entire and, and, and I, SNL concept where you could do sketches and you don't have to necessarily do that. And Lord knows those the the actors that are available in Orlando that do uh, sketch comedy and do improv and are an abundance of people who are genuinely some of the the most talented actors I've ever seen. And people I've said whenever we do our next projects are people that I want to bring in because I think they're highly underrated. And I think that'd be a great spot for them. But it's just, I mean, when the adventurers club shut in uh, downtown Disney, people still now, uh, talk about that club with such affection. The actors, they're still about. Yeah, I mean, people that talk know, about it who never got to go. And Disney has never really acknowledged that. Never actually said, you know, we were probably wrong to shut that place. Yeah, uh, we could have moved it. We could have done something else with it. Um, but with Universal, I think that they are a small enough uh, company, or so locally, to are, are to be aware of fan discontent when you're taking away two beloved characters and a stage show that meant the world to a lot of people that went to Halloween Horror Night. So I think they're very, very aware of what's happening. They're not being arrogant and they're not shutting it because of they wouldn't do it unless they had a really good reason to get rid of it. Yeah. So for them to bring it back, I think there is every hope that it could possibly one day return in some form, even if it's something like SNL. Yeah, and I think sort of the arrogance that many people have seen was kind of quickly uh, changed and switched um, when it came to people complaining. They're like, well, we didn't hear enough complaints. Well, you opened yourself up for a, a world of hurt. To, to, uh, to yeah. quote the, quote the, uh, you're entering a world of pain, to quote the Big Lebowski. Uh, you know, because when you row that group up, it's what's going to happen. But I think, um, man, I really dig that idea. If there's a rumor going into 2018 and to whatever Halloween Horror Nights is, because we didn't call it 27 last year, whatever, Halloween Horror Nights 2018, um, I uh, is that it's something cool. I like that idea. So, so thank you for sparing my uh, rumor mill already because I was completely shut down once people were like, "Here it is, the top ten IPs this year. It's every big movie you've ever." Yeah, heard. <laughs> there was there was some on that list that I know full well from doing my interviews with various members of staff that they would not touch with a barge pole. Yeah, I mean, um, go ahead. Sorry. 
No, 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 that was it. It's just I just know for, for, for a fact that they've tried before or they've had issues with them before and it wouldn't be something that they would go down this route with them. Yep. Saying that, though, man, I really thought, never thought we'd see The Shining. Never thought we'd see uh, some of these houses that have come up the last few years. But those are ones that are, are still 40, 50 years, you know, 30 to 40 years old. Uh, a little bit different than some of the properties that are probably going to cost you an insane amount to get. But we'll be, I don't know, I, 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 I hope they're right. <laughs> You know, like there's well, part of me, it's like, sure, I'd love to see that lineup, but I am just, how, how it's never happened before like that. It's There's always a few in there that are the Krampus, uh, you know, that are like, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. that are fun, well, but like aren't necessarily like bringing in the guests. How many IPs now are being gobbled up by Disney via this Fox deal? No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, because we've had in the past, we've had Aliens, we've had Aliens versus Predator. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're two big Fox products. Um, I mean, I can't think of, of many others off the top of my head, but I'm, I'm sure, sure there I'm are sure there are a lot. Just out of all the little little divisions, there, there's yeah. definitely more. I mean, how does that sit with The Simpsons? I mean, yeah. I mean, I here here's what I thought about that. People have been saying that The Simpsons, and what about uh, you know? The, but then again, it goes back to the Marvel thing. Uh, contractually. I would be willing to bet a lot of my own personal well-being that contractually, whatever deal they have with The Simpsons, whatever deal they have with Marvel, uh, just due to the investment level, uh, if we're talking beyond, you know, uh, that's where I think there's some, maybe within the fan community of theme parks in general, there's a little bit of a closed-mindedness to understanding how these businesses work together and how, uh, how insignificant sometimes the things that you may find significant are. The Simpsons land, I would almost be willing to bet, didn't even come up in a conversation in the Fox-Disney $6 billion merger. Uh, it's just not, you know, it's not that, or I got more than that, uh, it's not that type of deal. It, where I guarantee you the Simpsons have, they have a long-term agreement that probably doesn't ever expire because you put in a certain amount of time and it's however long they want to keep it in there and they pay out a certain royalty and that's what it is because they invested millions upon millions and millions of dollars. Same with the Marvel deal. They invested so much money in it, it's not going to be something that, well, they had it for 10 years and then they got to tear it out. This is not how how these kind of deals work, but also where it does give me hope and where you go, well, does Disney control this and what do they do, uh, is for them to license something to Universal for Halloween Horror Nights uh, is such a blip. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Or even, like I said, even The Simpsons Land is such a blip in the big picture of what's happening there. And what you're also seeing, this is going to nerd out for a minute here, if you really look at the Disney Fox cell, uh, it's almost like a merger hidden in a cell uh, because of the way stock got moved around the way that, uh, you know, who is going to be there apparent after Bob Iger and I have my own theories on that, that I think you'll see a little bit of them playing nice uh, coming up. So I don't know, but whether that's whether that affects Universal, obviously Universal and NBC Comcast or whatever it is, the parent, the top parent company is Comcast. Uh, however that affects them, I bet will be smaller uh, than people think. It won't be as it won't be as intense as they're not going to rip out a land. Uh, it's just not how it works. The thing is, is when you look at the property that's going in the Terminator area, right now there's people in legal who are looking at 
where the logo for this property is going to go on a shirt and whether that's uh, something that they can copyright, something that they can right. put a, a legal stamp on. They're going into that kind of minutiae of detail with T-shirts on logos, right? When it when, when they sign up to these contracts with Fox to put a whole land and spend millions putting in, investing in their part with this this outside property, it's not like they're going to leave out the bit, the clause that says, by the way, if it gets taken over by another company. They could just pull out. <laughs> you could just pull the land out. Right. You know what I yeah. mean? It, they're, they're not going to miss that one when they're concentrated on the colors of a logo right. on a T-shirt that's going to be sold three years from now. Yeah. It, it's, you know what I mean? It, it's crazy if somehow Disney that that was able happen. to acquire Warner Brothers and the Harry Potter franchise and all of that, the lands aren't going anywhere. <laughs> No. <laughs> it's just not. Now you may see them start showing stuff up, showing up in the other park. Sure, just like we see Marvel uh, merchandise available, or the Guardians of the Galaxy showing up in um, in Disney. You know, they're going to still use their IPs to the best of their advantage. But yeah, I think those are they got so overblown. Um, and I think part of it is you know what what we do, Chris, when we're not doing this, we kind of have a, a. It's almost we got to get get expand your mind outside of the bubble. Of the yeah. theme park community to see how how those yeah. things will affect it. I think the way it affects Halloween Horror Nights uh, could be just because Disney, if Disney decides not to include some of their properties, I would see it'd be more of a. Um, I, I see the way Universal handling that is starting to, like you said, cater to a little bit more family, cater to a uh, less of a debaucherous, uh, yeah. you know, show or event. So I could see that being, oh, these are steps in the direction because they know they're also dealing with IPs that will be directly affected. Uh, if if someone gets hurt in a bar fight in uh, the Insidious House, uh, yeah. you know, what's the headline? Insidious House. Da, 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 da. That's yeah. where I see things shifting and where you could see movement into this concept of family friendly. It's less about pulling stuff out. It's more how do we keep acquiring um, yeah, these things. I'm totally speculating. I got no idea. Uh, <laughs> but the thing is, the the irony is, is what will Disney do with these properties? Because Predator is not something that they can stick an attraction of that in, you know, right. Epcot or whatever. But what what I'm trying to say is that Universal, ironically, being on their doorstep, is probably the best fit to use that product in, say, Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, your your Mar and Par and Halloween, your regional Halloween festivals and things. They're not going to be paying not only the, the the particular amount of dollar that they want to license these products, but they're also not going to have the attention to detail and the track record that Universal has right. with developing these IPs in Halloween Horror Nights. Right. There are plenty of properties Disney already controls and owns and has for forever. Uh, you know, for yeah. for thirty, forty years, or uh, you know, even since the invention of Miramax, that we're not going to see ever in the parks. Uh, <laughs> you know, big no. things. You know, it's just not. Those are two different universes. No, no, again, no pun intended. But it's something that um, sometimes the uh, parks fan, including myself, can jump to a certain spot and go, "Oh, well, what about this?" I guarantee you that hasn't come up in the. You know, I guarantee you, yeah, it, in, it, the, in the billions a- of dollars that hasn't that that conversation, we haven't gotten there yet. No, no, no. But it, it's a strange dynamic for them that do they license these, pro- these yeah, that's properties gonna be the to Universal because that's Universal essentially making money off the back of their own IPs or do they sit on them and then don't make money out of their IPs? Right. I, I've always kind of you been – when people have, have talked about the the Marvel Universe and the Marvel Island, and they'd be like, well, how does Disney feel? I was like, I bet there's a little bit of them that's like, we don't have to run this thing and we get to make money from both parks. You know? Like, exactly. You know, so exactly. you, you got to you know, think – Yes, I'm sure. Would they rather be able to put their Iron Man attraction in Disney World? Absolutely. 
But is it also maybe a, a little bit easier and they get just a check cut every month? Yeah, also that too. Uh, you know, yeah, I don't exactly know how exactly like that. that deal worked, but I guarantee you there's still payouts that happen. Mm. Uh, definitely for merchandise. All right. Well, we went on for 45 minutes there, Chris. I feel pretty good about it. Wow. I think we, uh, we've re-engaged. We've reopened the door as we start this slow march, I'll say, to Halloween Horror Nights. 28, 27, I bet, bet we, we both say I think we overall had a really good time. I don't think – I think you're right in the fact that I don't think we're going to have a quote-unquote bad year uh, maybe ever again. And I know that's presumptuous, but it's just not the way the production runs anymore. Yeah, again, with this marquee events focus right. that uh, Mike Aiello is sort of heading up now, is there is this huge focus on events all year round, much like Disney has done for many years. Yeah. So Halloween Horror Nights has been bumped up the importance table, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't seem like they will. It's almost like after 23, 24, really 25, I guess, there's almost no turning back. I mean, yeah, obviously, if things go south, stuff can change and all that. But as for now, the, the trajectory looking forward, it looks to be like, yes, there may be some houses that we go, yeah, like me personally, I love the Hive house, and the Bloom house house, don't I love it? No. But if you take that back to a house from 2000 or you know, from one of the earlier years, and there were definitely some houses in there that were like, okay, this is just a fog machine. Uh, you know, like it, oh, is, yeah, it yeah, has yeah. changed so dra- dramatically. But, but uh, in the, the production, years- yeah. I was say sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. In the last ten years, I was to say, but in the last ten years, it, it's it really has become the fact that if they've had a bad summer because of whatever economy or you know whatever, they will be back in the black uh, with Halloween Horror Nights in the autumn, and that has consistently been the norm now that the event is bringing so many people in, it's filling hotel rooms like crazy um, that. They've had they've had to focus on it because it's just been making them so much money. That's a good thing for everybody as we move yeah. forward. Now they announced dates for next year already. Uh, there was no. They, no. There was a. There's uh, always blog. like they throw something up there. It's like until I guess what is it? Always like select nights in October. You know something. Yeah, like that. there was a blog and it said late September through October. So everyone's been going. Oh, they're cutting it short this year. It's going to be shorter than last year no, or the year before. It. You're like, well, that's just a, a throwaway sentence on a Yeah, block. that's something oh. they've used every year. <laughs> yeah. If they if decide to go. It, didn't I? I went, well. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you really look at it, though, it, the way I think the November weekend rolled also was just where how it lined up you know, in the in the year. And when I see that Halloween is on a Wednesday this coming year, uh, I have a feeling we're going to have Halloween Horror Nights through that weekend because why yeah. not? Uh, Why not? Yeah. Why would you do a Wednesday event more more than likely, and then be like, "Yeah, let's not go," because there are some people like having their regular Halloween parties that weekend, uh, the first week in November. So, why do it? I don't see it. But, exactly that. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you carving some time out. And guys, we are not going anywhere. I know some people are like, "I miss it. It's gone forever." And I know, uh, <laughs> I know that we did take a couple months off. Uh, it was not intentional. It was just timing really bad timing for all of us but you know the, the holidays are over and now we're back in to talking this so we'll be back in just a couple of weeks and obviously if news breaks we'll be here to cover it and tell you our thoughts on what's going on with halloween horror nights and if you always want to stay in the mood of halloween horror nights first i want to thank everyone for picking up their shirts this year uh record breaking we sold tons of shirts and when i went out to my nights 
always saw people. It was great seeing everyone who wore their shirts and who came up to us and talked to us. Really appreciate it. Whether you listen to us here, uh, listen to Chris on his other podcast, listen to me on our other podcast, we appreciate all the love and support. And then, obviously, if you really want to stay in the mood of it, pick up uh, Chris's book from last year. <laughs> yes, please do. I will be updating it again this year. Um, I've had uh, um, I've had interest. Uh, I can't say too much, but I've had <laughs> I've had I've had interest from other parties expanding it even larger than it is. So. Well, that is an exciting thing for everybody because everyone loves those books. You can check it out. We put them up on Scarezone.com. You can find them on Amazon. Just search for Halloween Horror Nights, Chris Ripley, and trust me, you'll find it. All uh, right. Well, I think uh, I think that'll do it for this week on Scarezone. And as always, keep your keep. I can see I'm out of practice. Keep your eyes closed, <laughs> your ears open, and we'll see you at Finnegan's. <laughs>